<laughs> Welcome back to Simple Questions. My name is Gretchen. Hey, Simple Questions is a podcast where we can talk to they people know that shit. about life and life stories. It's about normal people and their journeys in life. So, this week's guest is Anthony Florzak. He is retired. He grew up in the 30s. He joined the military when he was a young man. He has done many things and have seen a lot of stuff growing up. From watching black and white TVs, making sure he has a handkerchief in his pocket, make sure he has that dime in his pocket to make that emergency call. He is a very smart man. He has many interesting stories. He is a dad, and he is my dad. He's my father-in-law, too, now. <laughs> it's kind of funny when he showed up. He was like, how many years has it been? I'm like, oh, um, was it like eight? I'm like, no, uh, I think nine. <laughs> That's right. Nine years. Very good. Yeah. So our conversation was really cool. It was, I, I, you know what? I found out with this goddamn podcast, I say the word cool and awesome way too much. I got to find another adjective. What would be a good adjective to not use besides cool and awesome? True. True. (laughs) Okay. That works. True. That's what I always, yeah, that would work. True. All right. Well, Let's get this freaking podcast started. Podcast started. see the layout there was is to accommodate mid-Monday night football or Saturday or whatever. You know. Yeah, it's a lot of sports people that yeah. come and hang out there. So, but that uh, place is pretty expensive, though. Well, I didn't think much of the of the food. I told you about that Italian fellow I knew, Joe's. But they're more known for their pizza, bottom line. That's what I thought, yeah. That's yeah. what I thought we were going to have. So anyway, that was it. Uh well, I don't know. Uh, this darn phone I just picked up is another uh, adventure. Adventure, I, I guess you can call it that. Uh, you know, I'm disappointed in myself because uh, I've been in electronics. I've been uh, I did writing and editing for the government and all that. And uh, when I see something like this or use it, and I don't understand it, I get angry with myself. Yeah, I think that's what makes uh, people successful. Because the people that don't get frustrated with themselves are just lazy and don't go anywhere in life. You know, or challenging their minds and stuff. A lot of people just want to put it down and say, fuck it. You yeah. know, 
that's that's what makes you or your brain you know keep rolling keeps the gerbil and the wheel going all the time well I've been always known to dwell into the unknown <laughs> yeah. right? I mean if something's broken like the lamp you know I'll look into it I'll keep going until we did today you know like we did today and then uh, but I won't do that unless I know uh, you're gonna scrap it then I know no whatever I do I won't harm it any further see yeah but if it's something's like the the wheels already there you don't want to reinvent the wheel that sort of situation then I'm leery I got to be very careful however there are times I'll if you don't ask, you're not going to find out. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to shame themselves that, oh, I don't have the education to talk to you. I don't have this. I, that's a lot of crap. You know, you got to be yourself. Yeah. So uh, you're a scrapping six foot three? Me? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm probably six foot. Well, I was six foot. Since the back operation in the 80s, I've probably lost an inch because they took out a disc. So what are you, I thought you were, you're over six foot, aren't you? I think I'm six foot. I don't know. The last time I measured myself, I mean, mom was still alive. <laughs> and uh, you're 83 years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look good for I'm your lucky. age. I'm lucky. Yeah. For all you listeners, this is uh, Anthony Florzak. This is my girlfriend's father, basically my father-in-law. So, uh, um, where where were you born at? What? Chicago. I was born in Chicago. I was raised. I lived there till I was. Uh, well, I joined the Navy at seventeen. Uh, August third on my birthday, I I went. Mom cried. Dad says good riddance. <laughs> As dads do. <laughs> As dads do. Uh, I never finished high school. Uh, I, li- I love sports and uh, uh, gang, hang around with gangs, which was wrong, but you did that in the 40s. And uh, I, d- I got interested in uh, uh, drafting. I wanted to be a draftsman. Uh, for sports? No, no, for uh, uh, design buildings. Like Talladega? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I liked uh, uh, mechanical drawing. That was one of Oh, the drafting, okay. Drafting. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like our architecture stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that in uh, wood shop, anything I can get my hands on. Uh, English and uh, the arts and the sciences, uh, I thought that was for jerks. Uh, I didn't want to dance because uh, I thought that was for sissies. Back in those days, that's what you did. You hung out with the guys. You didn't dance. Big mistake. Big mistake. You know, I was thinking about that, about uh, the dancing thing. Oh, what brought it up? I can't remember. But that whole courting with the dance thing, it seems so... Looking back, it kind of looks... I was I was just thinking about going to these clubs when I was in my 20s and kind of like, oh, trying to ask these girls to dance and everything. And I look back and I'm like, that's... With technology, we've got the Match.com. You've got the Flickr. What is it, Flickr? We've got uh, eHarmonies. You've got all these things now where you don't have to ask them to dance, you know? 
it's like you can meet like I, how I met Gretchen. I met her online. It was just like you know, fun compatibility and stuff. And well, and that, w- that wasn't that way in the forties. I know they didn't have the all 40s. that. But I look back now, but I'm like, going, how primitive was that shit? You know? Yeah. Like, and back then, if I can remember, <clears throat> you hung out with the boys, the gang, uh, and you made sure they weren't. Dangerous, you know, uh, yeah. theft, thefts or anything, because like, your our dads at that time would literally kick the shit out of you. They, my dad told me, he said, "If you ever get in trouble, pray that the police catch you before I do." And yeah. that used to scare me. All right, and we had religion, you know. Uh, God was God. I mean, uh, if your parents didn't handle you, they would say, "All right." I'll leave it to God. And then you get on your knees and you pray, no, no, go ahead, hit me. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> don't, don't, don't call the priest, you know. That's how we were brought up, all right? A lot of that has changed. I think it changed, I noticed, in the 50s, uh, early 50s, late 40s. And that's when the uh, uh, veterans from Second World War, you know, uh, came back into society and had families, and they uh, uh, they said to the well, I got to back up a little bit. Back then, they had a patrolman. He roamed the streets, and you get to know him. He was a friendly guy and all that. Like the police patrolman, po- policeman. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, walked the beat. Yeah. He walked the streets. And then if he saw a group of us gathering or he suspected something, he'd nail us up against a wall, give us a search, maybe even call our folks, okay? That's what happened. Well, the veterans who just came back from a war, World War, uh, didn't, you didn't treat my kid that way. That's what they said. So he says, hands off to the police. And the police then complied. <clears throat> but now, the kids were getting, uh, the kids then sensed that, hey, the police are going to leave us alone, so they would start gang stuff and mischief. Mischief, yeah. Uh, then the police, there were two of them patrolling in, a, in pairs. Then it, it got even worse, and this is in the Chicago area, by the way. Then it got worse, then they went in a patrol car. Then they put the dog in a patrol car. And that's when things went to H.E.L., okay? Uh, the police did, and there were some rough police, don't get me wrong. Oh, there still is to this day. Oh, well, yeah. But back then, uh, there weren't that many, but there were a few. And, and they probably weren't uh, supervised as much either. No. Oh, so anyway, all that, and then uh, society started changing, you know, and then, uh, uh, well, I, anyway, I didn't, I didn't finish high school. Uh, I had a choice of going to uh, uh, a reform school, which was a, like a trade school, or getting out. So dad looked at me and he says, uh, you either go to school or you go to work. So I said, I'm going to work. And I was uh, a little over 15 then, so I, I went. I lied about my age, got jobs that young men got. Anyway, uh, then I racked up the car, 
What do you racked up the car? I fell asleep and ran head on into a bridge. Oh shit! Yeah. The bridge one. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, he got all involved, and uh, then I hit somebody's car, and it, it happened to be my buddy's dad's car. So I went to the house and I told him it was me, and my insurance will take care of it, you know. And the guy says, "Well, okay, fine." However, the police had me for a hit and run. So I had to go to a police department downtown Chicago, and I identified myself. And they had my name plastered on the wall to watch for, you know, pick up or whatever. Like a warrant? Not a warrant. They, they have a blackboard at that time. Just like for guys that are troublemakers? Yeah, those are the guys they have to get. And I was on that list. So I asked him, I said, what's that list mean? And so he told me. I said, wait a minute. So I told him the whole story. And he says, well, if you can get the man to agree, you know, to everything, and have him sign an affidavit, we'll remove your name, you know. Nothing more will be done. I said, okay. So then I went in the neighborhood, and we were talking around, and then the, the guys were saying uh, they're going to join the service. I said, oh. What kind? Well, we want to get in one where we don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we tried to get in. Uh, we, we agreed we are going to go in. Uh, three or four of them went into the infantry. Uh, they were promised officer status. We told them nobody gets officer status unless you got an education. <laughs> so those guys went off. Uh, one of the fellas got to be a paratrooper. Uh, and uh, one got into the uh, Coast Guard. I couldn't get in because they weren't accepting anything. So I the joined Coast the Guard. Navy. Yeah, so I joined the Navy. And that I went to my mother and dad. And I says, uh, they asked me what I want for my birthday, which was August 3rd. And I says, uh, your signature on this paper. Because I was underage. I, yeah. You couldn't list. So mom started crying. Dad signed the paper. And he says, good riddance. So uh, I went to back to the Navy officer, and they said, you have any arrests? I told him, yeah. They said, well, you got to get that cleared up. So I went back to the police department and all that sort of thing. And everything was smooth now. Anyway, I was in the Navy uh, from uh, 17 to 21. And, and then after that, you got in the civil service? Well, when I got out to work, then... Uh, you didn't see any combat. What was your... You were... You were I was, Russian said you were in a submarine. No, no. I yeah, was, I told you, no, you was on a submarine. I was on a minesweeper. Minesweeper. First, I was on a heavy cruiser, and I got, I opted out to go to submarine school. I went to New London, took everything, but I failed because of my eyes. Yeah, okay. Uh, 90% of the applicants failed because of the eyes. What's the requirement with the eyes? What was that? You had to, do, you had to see without your glasses. Uh, I, you know, I was going to go in the military if I didn't go the direction I went, and I was I was going to career it, but uh, I knew I'd be really limited and fucked because I'm colorblind. Yeah. And I'd be really limited onto you know. Oh well, certain jobs. Certain yeah. jobs, I, I I probably would have ended up on the front lines. Well, there there's a movie out, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was about the Second World War. I mean. Uh, <clears throat> prior to the second world where every, everyone was trying to join all right 
and these guys got into the recruiting office and they uh, they were being signed up and then this one guy got in and they says uh, uh, oh he had one arm and uh, the recruiter looked at him and he says well we can't take it he said why not so you got one arm and he says what's that got to do with it he said well you can hold a rifle he says well if you get a blind guy, I can tell him how to hold the rifle and shoot it. You get two for one, then, see? And the guy says, get out of here, you know? But anyway, that's, you know, is that, that was true, another is, thing. I, see, is, that, is that a true story? No, it was in the movie. Oh, in the movie, okay. Sorry, that's it was in the movie. But it was, it was kind of true in, in real life. That's yeah. how bad people wanted to get in. I mean, guys joined the service when they were 12, 13 years old. You know, they were big enough physically, they kind of passed for it. But, uh, it, and when they were found out, of course, they were discharged. Yeah. But that's another part of the story, see? That's the Second World War. I was seven years old when it broke out, and I remember all of those facts. Where the streets were crowded, the people, when they made the announcement Pearl Harbor was bombed, yeah, <clears throat> it went nuts. I mean, Chicago, nobody drove cars. Everyone got in the streets, and this was dark. This is late at night. All the bars were filled. The wives were crying. The husbands were there trying to join up. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, okay. Now I'm putting the time together <clears throat> with the... I was in a 41. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, I have those memories. And through life, you'll find history repeats itself. Now I'm going to go on, I can go on a political kick here, see? Well, we want to keep some <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, back to uh, dancing, all right? When I was in the Navy, uh, see, when I drank, I just loosened up, all right? Uh, I can dance, I can, and I played the piano, and I sang. When I'm sober, I can't do any of that. Yeah, right? it's called motivation. It's called dew juice. Whatever it was. <laughs> anyway, I was down in the south. That's where I was with with the minesweepers. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to back up. I, I tried to get into sub school, and I failed. Last thing out. And then they interviewed you when they were reassigning you. See, you left your... I was on a heavy cruiser... And it's tough to get off of those, all right, at the time. So we all volunteered. When what do you mean tough to get off of those? Just to be reassigned somewhere else or just to yeah, get off for like... Yeah, once, once you get assigned to a ship, it's pretty hard to get off. Oh, uh, okay. All right. And the cruisers were... I, I was on a flagship. You change uniform at least seven times a day. Why? You had a dress for the meal, that's three times, and then you changed back to your work clothes, that's another three more times. And there was always a seven time. If there's in between those times, you may have to take off your work clothes, put on your dress uniform, because an officer is coming through. Promoted or somebody's coming through? or No, usually uh, high dignitaries come through. And we were the flagship of the Sixth Fleet. So anyway, I found out I can get off if I you go to sub school because they, they won't stop you. 
But I, I checked all my physical uh, abilities, and they says, yeah, I should be able to get in, you know. Well, I didn't. Then when they interviewed me in London, to, when they, we were, they rejected me, and they said, do you have anything to say? And then I spilled the beans. I said, yeah. I said, you lied to me. You know, I went through uh, a physics on at Norfolk in uh, uh, Charleston. That's where I was stationed. And then uh, the first the ship's doctor did it and two other places. I said, and I passed all the physicals. I passed the physical here except for the eyes. They said, yeah, well, that's the bad part. I said, but they said it would be okay. He says, no. I said, well, I feel you cheated me, see. So he says, I'll, I'll, tell, you what I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do. He says, you pick a ship and we'll, we'll get you on there. You want to go back to your old one? I said, nope. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, what's the smallest ship you got? And he says, a minesweeper. And we have one available. And they need a radium. And I says, I'll take it. And, that, and then I talked to other guys after that. They says, you took a minesweeper? You're nut. You're Polish and you're nuts. <laughs> I says, yeah, well, that's what we do. <laughs> anyway, then uh, you get, we were... Are, are minesweepers, a da- they're not a dangerous ship to be on, are they? I mean, they just... Oh, no, no. They, but uh, you, know, you ever, were you ever on the... Well, yeah, you were on the oceans. Oh, yeah. How'd you like to be out there in the dinghy? Not really. That's what it amounts to, all right? The thing was only 130 feet long. Oh, wow. All right, now this leads me into a story there, okay? I was stationed in um, Charleston and uh, in one squadron, and there was a squadron coming coming in from Asia. You know, we, we had a squadron over there of minesweepers, same size as Where, What area were you in? Atlantic. Uh, on the Atlantic, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, just off the off the coast, yeah. off the American coast. Yeah, we'd go oh, out wow. in the morning, and come back at night. That that was our Who thing. Who would be putting mines out in, off of South Carolina? No, we we practice. Oh, pra- okay, like yeah. uh, okay. But the guys like that were, and shit. the guys were coming from Asia. They were in the battle thing. You know, they laid mines. They didn't lay mines. They detected the mines. Okay, so our ships know where they were. <laughs> anyway, this squadron came across, and, they, and we heard the announcement. You know, we're sitting in the bar. I said, oh, when, when are they coming? Oh, they, they left three or four days ago. And I says, how are they going to get here? He said, well, on the ship. I says, on those ships? The ones that we? He said, yeah, what we're, what we're on. I said, they're going to cross the Pacific in that? I thought they put those ships on bigger ships and brought them back. No, no, they sailed them across. Across the Pacific? Yes. And then what, they go around the Panama Canal to come back? Through the Panama, and they came up. Wow. They they got to our place, and all seven ships, (coughs) no, there wasn't seven, I think there was five. Those guys looked like death warmed over. (laughs) (laughs) They were skinny as rails. When they when they hit the port in, in Charleston, I mean they virtually—that's a hell of a trip, man, across the Pacific and then all the way up let, through yeah. the Gulf, through up the Atlantic. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a trip. Yeah. Well, I'd look like shit. 
I would I would be green going to Catalina Island from I'll where I'm you, at. I'll give you an example of how big the ship is or how well it contains. It's made of wood, by the way, so a magnetic mine won't be attracted to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a wood ship. <coughs> we have a crew, I think it was 16, and four of them were officers. And we, you know, we cover about everything. Anyway, we set sail while we went out to sea on an exercise off of Cape Hatteras. And a hurricane hit. Oh, well, I don't know if it was a I shouldn't say hurricane. It was a heavy storm. We tried to get back to port. Now, Cape Hatteras is, I, I, I really don't know. I think I'd say about 50 miles from Charleston. We steamed top speed. Uh-oh. That was my medicine. That's the cue for the medicine. Unless oh, your alarm for you. Yeah. Your meds. Okay. <laughs> yes, my meds. Anyway, uh, we steamed. Are you going to share? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> T- uh, top speed, 17 knots for 24 hours, and we made exactly two miles headway. Because the winds and the surf and all that. That's what it was throwing us around. The navy couldn't get hold of us. I, I couldn't. I couldn't contact. I was. I was on the radio. That was my job. Trying to contact someone. I couldn't get hold of anyone. I finally did get through. So you were doing seventeen knots and you only did two miles. In, tw- in twenty-four hours. In twenty-four hours. Wow. How come you just stood? Oh, you'd probably be heading into it, depending on the. We're trying. You're trying to get out of it. Yeah. And uh, we had, uh, there was actually one guy that wasn't sick. He was a old, old salt chief petty officer, and he was at the helm, and he was hanging on the helm. It was bad. I, I went down on my knees, and I prayed to God to take me. I said, I can't take any more. I mean, water hit us from every direction. I don't know what it is about, like, that. that did you see that movie, The Perfect Storm? And you no, guys, I saw that. I saw uh, when it happened. I'm sorry. That's all right. I was stretching. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on on the news. I, I didn't see the movie. But anytime I see those uh, perfect storm, like Titanic, those sinking ship things, I, my palms get sweaty. I don't know what it is. Seawater is very strong. I know. I surfed my whole life. Yeah. And that's okay. why I've been in the rinse cycle on a 15 foot wave, and it's. It's when I fun. when I was on the cruiser, the heavy cruiser, we were over in uh, off of Africa, <clears throat> going into Italy. Uh, we were going into the Med, and we had we participated in a uh, United Nations armada. All right, there were ships from, and you can see them. There were so many ships from Africa. Casablanca, about up to Iceland. That's how many ships were out there. At the time? Yeah, in this, we were doing the exercise. <clears throat> but it, wherever you looked, you saw a ship. And you can only see 25 miles, all right? But Iceland to Africa is more than 25 miles. Yeah. Okay? 2,500. So, yeah. And the submarines suffered the worst because. Uh, they had they couldn't 
in the exercise, they weren't allowed to surf, uh, to submerge, so they rode the top. Destroyers nearly flipped over, but particularly, and this is a story, uh, the USS Albany it was a light cruiser, almost like ours. Their guns, their main guns were smaller, that's all. Uh, the storm was so great, it tore open their number three gun turret. And that's solid steel. Wow. I don't know how many inches, but it's maybe four or five inches thick. It tore it open. And they had to go back to uh, the States, you know, get it fixed. I heard years so, ago those big oil tankers, that, and I've always known by practices that square corners, you cannot have square corners. Years ago they were finding these big oil tankers were splitting apart in huge seas because of the square corners, that's what they have to, they, they had to put cables across the decks of these things because the square corners are a weak spot where they were just cracking apart because yeah. these huge 100 foot seas and the, the boat teetering on between, you know, two 100 foot swells that they would were starting to split. So that's Have you ever seen a tanker, a super tanker? Yeah. They're bigger. They're huge. So, yeah, I've seen them in uh, Philadelphia. I've been on one, but I've seen them. I mean, I've... I, that's all I did. I saw it on a... I was on the dock. I, I looked up, and he said, when they put oil in there, you see, see that top deck? He, That'll be at the water line. Pretty close to the water line. I said, holy Christmas. Yeah. I see. I did a lot of work at Wainimi, uh by the base, and they, they bring those big uh, car, car boats in with the... The, what do they call them? They bring in the, the, all the BMWs and oh yeah, okay. those are big and those things. I trip out on how much is out of the water and how much is in the water. I'm like, this like defies gravity. Yeah, I don't know how. I'm just like, how can they? I, it baffles me. Yeah, well, it does to us too. So anyway, yeah, and uh, I yeah, I can go on from on uh, from story to story. Oh, I was. Nearly hit the table. <laughs> Dancing. Okay. So yeah. I'm in Charleston, right? And I get bombed one night. And uh, Not literally, like from drinking? <laughs> oh, I was drinking a lot. And I wanted to, uh, and I kept playing the Pennsylvania polka on the jukebox. You know, I just kept putting quarters in there. The and remix they were, or the original? <laughs> the original. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Uh, the girls start, they said, uh, who's playing that? I said, well, I am. I said, I, I like polka music. And they said, do you polka? And I says, uh, well, a little bit, you know. My brothers are good. I said, but not me. And they said, come on, dance with us. And uh, I said, no, 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 no. Well, uh, then I woke up the next day on the ship, see. And uh, so I went into town to get an eye opener. I got, what's that? Eye opener. Yeah, you know, you get you get take a few shots of beer again. You know, it starts waking you up again. Oh, really? That's yeah. called the hair of the dog. Yeah, or yeah, I guess they would call it. <laughs> and then I went in there, and of course there was no one there in the morning. You know, so uh, the bartender knew me, and he said, "Hi, he said, you feel okay?" I said, "Yeah, give me something." You know, and I I think he t gave me some cream to mint too. You know, settled me. And I says, uh, what happened here last night? He says, you don't remember? I says, no. He says, you started a polka. 
on top of the tables with the girls. I said, no, I said, I don't dance. He says, well, you sure in the hell did that night, yesterday. And then when you got, we got you off the tables, you got down to the piano and started playing uh, polkas. Because I, I remember it from my childhood. Yeah. And I said, really? I said, I don't play the piano. He said, well, you did. I said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> so that's my story about, and I wish, oh, no, no, that's not it. One of the girls was Polish. And she says, oh, you're Polish? I says, way back. My, my parents were born in Poland. Uh, their parents, are, they came from Poland. Florzak. Your last name's Florzak. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I says, can you speak it? I says, no. And she said in Polish, and I understood what she said, but I couldn't answer back. She says, oh, too bad. You're going to miss out. And, and that takes me back earlier when I was younger and mom would teach us Polish as she had five sons. And as they got older, she taught them Polish, you know, yeah. to get around a little bit. When it got to me, she says, you want to learn Polish? I says, I think I was 14. And I says, no. And she says, why not? I said, because when you and dad want to talk about something, you talk in Polish. So I guess you don't want us to hear it. And if you don't want us to hear it, I don't want to know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that was it. Big mistake. Big mistake. Kids should not make mistakes like that. What, Learn to, to dance. If, you're, if your buddy says you're a sissy because you're dancing, be a sissy and learn to dance. Otherwise... <laughs> You're going to miss out on a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's just pe some people are just more self-conscious and they want you to be the same or not outdo them, probably. Well, I was with a group of guys. We, we were guys, you know. We didn't do that sissy stuff. This is sissy stuff. Well, that's a lot of BS. Now that I know that, I mean, yeah. it's too late. When chicks start coming into play, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wow, All these sissy look, stuff. They look different than us. <laughs> <laughs> if sissy stuff gets attention by the chicks, yeah. I'm doing sissy stuff. But that that's a generation more or less where I, I came from. Yeah. And today it's difficult for me to fall in line. Uh, I'm trying to very hard. Uh, and I figure, well, all right, they, they have their ways. But I think it's wrong. They're, I don't think they're getting the, the value of experience. Uh, today, the music, all right? You know, in my days, if you heard a tune, you can identify the tune and the artist. Today, I can't do any of that. I haven't listened to the radio in 10 years. 10 years. See? I've been and, listening to the podcast. We, we lived on radio. Yeah, I, I did when I was younger, yeah. And, then, and music in the 80s and everything, it's just... It just went all to shit. Uh, the 80s was a big thing where, you know, there was one-hit wonders. There are no one-hit wonders anymore. Right. I mean, it's all it's bullshit. Worse it's, all, worse. it's bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't listen to the radio, and I'm tired of the FCC and, and constant commercials. And, you know, you don't get any content. It's just what their sponsors tell them they can and can't say. So... You know, I live down down in Nevada now, 
Yeah. Just south of Vegas in Laughlin. And they got nine casinos grouped in that area. And they get uh, artists. Well, not the true artists. They get impersonators. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, But it's a show, you know. Yeah. So, and I, I went to see a couple of them, and I couldn't take it. The music, the volume was so loud, people were walking out. Especially, see, there was a lot of, there's a lot of elderly down there. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I got on the elevator that one night, and we walked out of, the, of one of the performers. And I said, it's just too loud. I don't know what the hell is he's talking about or singing. The, the, the old guy on the elevator says, well, I had trouble because he wasn't, I didn't understand him. I couldn't hear him, all right? So I guess he had a hearing problem. <laughs> His wife says they were too loud and it just muffled everything. She says, I can't think I was getting a headache. That's the type of uh, performance was being done. Uh, years ago when I worked in TV, uh, there were sound controls, and we had monitors. The guys knew how much to turn up or turn down on the different mics. Uh, one thing I learned from years ago, uh, back in high school, which I was in a band for a while, the music, the, the words have to be louder than the music. Yeah. You don't... You know, the music's there, it has to be, it more or less has to be. But today, the music is there and you can't hear the words. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the way I am is I, I, I've never listened to lyrics anyways, I just can't comprehend them. I'm always, I listen to tones and tunes and melodies and how the voices kind of match with the song. Yeah. I, I hardly know any lyrics on anything. I don't know words. I just, there's certain songs I really like, but I just, it's just well, the way, like, that's why I, when I wrote music, it was all instrumental stuff. And Now when you did, when you did write the music or compose or uh, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, you put the pieces together, you never made the bass the prominent instrument, you know. Uh, you actually, a, actually, sometimes I would, I would, because I was a drummer, to, be, to the start, yeah, and well, then, yeah, a drummer is different. All right. But I didn't have lyrics, so you have to base it on something. So uh, a couple times you just come up with a melody in your head, uh -huh. like a certain melody, and then you put the drum, the bass to it. But then once in a while, I come up with a really cool bass line, and it's like, oh, I'm running with this motherfucker. So, but, but today that was know, instrumental, yeah, type, but electronic. Today, but, even all the instrumentals, there are more bass in there than instruments. Yeah. I mean, can you identify a clarinet or a saxophone? You know one instrument I, I have difficulty finding today is a trombone. Oh, not today, yeah, but back in the 80s, uh, you'll find a trombone yeah. in, the, today, in the 80s. The, the today. funk that we used to listen to was some serious brass yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. But Nowadays, today, yeah, you don't. I don't know what I love have. brass. I love brass. I love strings. I love brass. Yeah, I like well, you should because you play with your music. Yeah. But uh, then you understand what I'm trying to say is uh, you don't have that today as uh, as a prominent it, thing. Yeah, kind in, of a, in society, you know, it's. Yeah, it, but it is. It's mostly 
and it's just mostly vocal crap to a beat. Yeah, that's all it is. I, I, yeah, I freaking hate it. I have, and then even and my only I, uh, country music is the only industry that's and it's even kind of starting to kind of go to shit. Country music, I really respect. I love country music. So do I. Yeah, and that's 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 the only like untouched industry that hasn't been fucked with by bullshit. It's and it's and it's getting closer. I I'll turn on like K Hay or something, and there'll be like something like, is this the country station? <laughs> but yeah, I do country music. If I'm gonna listen to anything, it's gonna be country music. If my if I run on a podcast. Or my podcast battery goes dead. I'm going straight to country music. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Well, when I was in the Navy, that's I, my time was in the South. Okay, so I, I got into country music a lot. All right, as being a Northerner. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember the old Johnny Cash. <laughs> oh, he's 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 new type thing. I'm talking about Hank Williams. Uh, uh, Little, uh, geez, I can't even think of it. Eddie Arnold. Uh, see, Patsy Klein is a new one to me. Johnny Cash is a new one to me. Uh, Every your days, right? Yeah, and, you know, before that, there was. Uh, uh, so who was that one guy? Eddie? What'd you say? Eddie. There's Eddie Arnold. He's been. He was noted. That uh, I heard this when. Uh, to have an orchestra accompany him. He was the first uh, country western uh, singer to have uh, accompaniment by an orchestra. Who was it? Eddie R. Uh, yeah. listening everyone and thanks dad for being patrick's guest today i love you dad hey any questions or suggestions please go to simple questions that's with two s's at aol.com again that's simple questions with two s's at the end at aol.com and we're also on stitcher now soundcloud and itunes so nice yeah I'm all over the place. I'm in your face, bitches. Oh shoot, man! <laughs> but yeah, your dad was awesome, man. It was, it was. I said it again. Awesome. True, uh, true. Your dad was true, true, <laughs> true, true. true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It would be fucked. Be false. Okay, false, false. No, but he, he was really cool. It was awesome to have him as a guest again. At the house, it's always fun to have him around. It's, I grew up without a father. I never had a dad, and your dad's like a like a kind of like a dad to me and stuff. It's that little father figure. I'm holding up air quotes 
<laughs> <laughs> Anyways, love you guys, man. Love Later. Ya. Peace out.